following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. firm today okay so when you go home you're going to remember stand firm today do not be afraid stand firm you will see God deliver you today the whole book is remembered for this moment the very exodus is today You know, we've almost got a perfect HBO-style program, haven't we? It makes Peppa Pig, it's like the, the Game of Thrones to Peppa Pig. It's this weird thing going on where we've got so many different things happen, so many graphic pictures of God and Pharaoh. You've got a story of God's people living under oppression. A Moses who is saved from death to do something phenomenal for God. A Moses versus Pharaoh storyline, or more like a Moses, uh, sorry, a God versus Pharaoh storyline. Finally, the people of God have been allowed to be freed after plea after plea from Moses to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, go. And we join our story today. It might be that you want to follow along in the Bible. We're going to start in verse 5 of chapter 14. So Pharaoh has decided, go. But he's just changed his mind. It's almost like he's realized, uh, where's all the people that used to do all the stuff gone? Uh, they left. You let them go. Ah, we need them back. Sorry, you, you want to do what? Bring them back. You mean all those people that have left That way, you want us to go and get them? Yes. And how are we going to get them? We will take the full power, which meant the whole army. The whole of Pharaoh's army is going to chase them. He's going to use everything he has to get Israel back under his rule. In verse 10, it says that the Israelites see the Egyptians coming. They begin to cry out to God and kick off on Moses. They're like, Moses, what is going on? We can see them. They're coming for us. Did you bring us here to die? Have you ever been in one of those situations where you suddenly freak out way beyond the norm? You know, maybe you went for ice cream and they didn't have the flavor you wanted and you ended up flat out on the floor crying. Maybe that's just toddlers, but occasionally that happens in my life. Did you bring us out here to die? Is it because there were no graves in Egypt? We'll just dig some graves out of sand? You know, they've completely lost the plot. They start saying, we were happy being slaves. We were happy serving. You know, we we love oppression. Oppression's great. Put us back in oppression, please. That's where we want to be. And for me... Moses is almost going full tilt, basil faulty at this moment. Well, what exactly did you expect from an exodus? A five-star luxury experience. Perhaps you wanted a champagne reception. Michael Buble singing his greatest hits as you wander out of Egypt. What were they expecting? They had been oppressed for years horrendous stuff had happened to them for years and God has brought them out 
and they're moaning. Moses knows it's time for a big speech. Now, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love sports documentaries or sports films which have like montages of sad scenes and sports scenes and like really over-emotive speeches. Do you know the kind, the sort of any given Sunday Coach Carter type vibes? And I can just imagine that this is one of those scenes. Moses is looking around. It's not quite a changing room style. There's a few more thousand people, but he goes for it. You know, it's almost a, one of those, we're down, but we're not out. Yeah, or life is a game of inches. Cling to the inches. He goes for, and this is solid gold when it comes to motivational speeches. Do not be afraid. It's good, because they are. Yeah, we're on to that, aren't we? They're afraid. Do not be afraid. Stand firm, because they're currently lying down because they couldn't get the ice cream flavor they wanted. No, that's the toddler, not... Yes. Okay, so they're there. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see deliverance. The Lord will bring you today. Today, you see the Egyptians coming. They're not going to be a problem tomorrow. They've been a problem every day of your life, but they won't be tomorrow. God is going to fight for you. Let God fight for you. I hear it and I'm like, could you imagine the music in the background? Could you imagine him maybe on top of a rock that they found, giving it beans with his staff in one hand and probably product placement in another? You know, it's the HBO after all. But he's there giving it everything he's got. God sort of has a pause moment. Moses, can I have a word? Come over here. Verse 15. Why are you crying out? What's going on? What's all the hype about? Move on. Crack on, son. We're meant to be leaving, not hanging around chatting, not motivational speech time. Less chat, more exodus. Get that stuff in the air. Go to the sea. It will divide. You go through. Stuff in the air again. Water comes back. Egyptians will not make it through. Then they'll know that I am the Lord. That's God's instructions to Moses. Verse 19, we get some cool background about the angel. The angel has been traveling out front, now moves behind. The pillar of cloud was out the front, it now moves behind. God's protection is behind them, blocking the Egyptians from getting to them. God is fighting for them. Moses was right. God is going to do what he said he would do. So verse 21, Moses stretches out his hand, he's got his product placement and his staff in the other hand and he's ready to divide the waters. It happens as God said it would. There's dry land and the Israelites go through on the dry land with all the water on a wall either side. You ever seen a kid walk along with a stick? In my head, there's some kid walking along with a stick and the water's sort of splashing. I just thought, oh, stop playing with that stick. Come on, Dad, it's fun. We're exodusing. I don't know whether that's a plural. Exodusing? Maybe. So the whole of them, the whole of Israelites go through. And then the Egyptians follow them in. 
However, they start freaking out in confusion. They start realizing that something is different. The Israelites appeared to go straight through, but something is happening. Their chariots are locking wheels. Something's not quite working in the way that it was supposed to. Hang on a minute. Hey, guys, I think their God might be fighting for them again. Remember all those plagues? I'm I'm out of here. I don't want this. As the water gets ready to come back in. Because at the other side, Moses is there listening to God again with his staff in his hand. He stretches his arms. The sea that was parted falls on top of them, on top of the Egyptians. The very powerful Pharaoh and his powerful army in the middle of the water Verse 29, but the Israelites are stood on the dry ground. The oppressed are set free. The oppressors are crushed in the waves. The powerless are set free, yet the powerful are neutralized. The Israelites stand on the shore and the Egyptians are dead in the water. So a few verses before, we've had that rally cry from Moses. Stand firm and know that your God is going to fight for us. And they see the deliverance. They are a result of God's promise. The people who were fearful have now been set free. And they turn to God And they put their trust in God. And they put their trust in Moses. It takes all of the stuff that's gone before in this passage for them to begin to get to understand who God is. And if we're not careful, we glaze over this passage and we miss the destruction that's happening. The brokenness, all the death that's already happened in Egypt. All the bad stuff that's already happened. Pharaoh, dead in the water. The Egyptians, dead in the water. It struck me though, in our story in the Exodus, we have this idea that the the army perhaps went and took those Israelite boys and drowned them in the water. Now the Israelites are stood watching potentially the same army officers drowning in the water. The destruction that Pharaoh demanded was eventually his own downfall. This didn't have to happen. The heart which was hardened, Pharaoh didn't have to go this way. He led his people to complete destruction, whereas God set his people free. This is a standalone message, isn't it? It's a God who shows up. He calls them, they follow him. And he fights their oppressors. He really does do what he says he's going to do. You see, this God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he fought for them. That could be our message. We could go home knowing that God did what he said he would for the Israelites. But the good news is, there's even more to the story. Because if we know the true story about Israel, it's not just a case of they wandered out into the desert, built themselves a city, got themselves a park run and a few coffee shops going and lived happily ever after. That's not the case. They do leave Egypt. But in fact, we have a history of God attempting to have a relationship with them 
And sometimes it goes really well and other times it doesn't go so well and they end up in oppression or they end up in a, uh, following another God for a season. But God didn't just forget them. So as we approach our New Testament as Christians, we see a God saying, I'm interacting with these guys again. We are not going to allow these people to live under oppression again, under the weight of sin or, or death or selfishness or the law or oppression of earthly powers. God wants them to live abundant life. Life in freedom and in hope and in security, but in a relationship with him and free from that sin and especially fear. So, just as God commanded Moses to make a way for his people, Jesus made a way for us. God sent his only son that whoever believed in him should not die but have eternal life. He is our way maker. Life in all its fullness comes because of Jesus. Sin is taken away. Fear is replaced by joy. Because of his life, because of his teachings, because of his death, because of his resurrection, Jesus is now the one who makes the way. He makes it possible. His spirit is at work in this world and in our lives and is letting us know that God loves us and wants a relationship with us. God's people can stand free in relationship with him because of the cross. Not because of an earthly power, but because heaven came to this earth. He came to find us. He led us out of death and oppression and destruction and into a relationship with him, which one day will be in heaven, but right now we are glimpsing the kingdom piece by piece. The Israelites were set free from their circumstances by God because he fought for them, but they didn't stay free. Jesus sets us all free once and for all. And he welcomes each one of us. He welcomes all into his heavenly family. And just like Moses, the call is to stand firm today. So a couple of questions. Do you need to be set free? Do you need reminding that God is fighting for you? And do you need reminding that we can share this as an encouragement to others? So let's be set free. It says in Galatians 5.1 that Jesus wants, sorry, that Jesus did this. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. We are called out of slavery, away from sin, out of fear, to a life in freedom by an amazing God. And some of us are being ruled by a pressure or an anxiety or something else that has already been defeated, has already been put to death, and it ruins us. It might be an addiction to something. It might be a, an obsession with something that we can't let go. But Jesus wants to take it from us. He wants to take away. He wants to deliver us out of those things. So we can stand firm today knowing that God has already defeated them 
and that he surrounds us and protects us from our enemy. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see deliverance. And maybe we need that reminder that God is fighting for us. That Jesus has done the fight once and for all upon the cross. That we can now be free. We can know his love. Our sins are forgiven. Our fear is replaced by joy. And the greatest news is we get to share that. We get to be the Moses. We get to stand on our rock with our staff. If you really want one, you could get one. Big stick will do. And declare to people that God still loves them, that God still fights for them, that God still wants relationship with them, that God doesn't want them to be oppressed by fear, by sin, by death, but he wants them to live life in all its fullness. You are invited to do that, to point others just as Moses did, to help them out, to bring them to the kingdom. To see God do amazing things is an invitation for all of us. This is good news. God is always in control. God wants us to be free. God wants us to put his, our trust in him. God wants to pour out his love upon you and for you to share that love with others. Very briefly, I want to mention the elephant in the talk. I haven't yet mentioned the pandemic. And I was trying really hard all week not to mention the pandemic because I'm not a scientist. It might surprise you, but I'm not. But I, want to do, I do want to say something. Christ takes away our fear. Christ takes away our panic. We can give what is going on in our world, to Christ. Moses saw the people getting worried and he said, stand firm today. God's in control. At college this week, we had to finish lectures and things early and our very own Philip stood up and he said in front of the whole college very calmly and clearly and he pointed to Jesus. He didn't quite say stand firm today, which would have been really helpful for the sermon. Uh, but he did say God is our rock. We have an opportunity to say what we are built on in spite of everything that goes on. We follow the one who defeated death so that even when we don't know what's going on, we can turn to him and we can stand firm. I have hope that we can stand firm. I have hope that we can love one another, that if someone is in isolation, we won't hoard all the bog rolls, but that we will be helping people out. If you know of people who are in isolation, take them stuff, help them out. That's what we're called to do, to love a neighbor as if it was ourselves. So we will continue to follow the government. Let's be very clear on that. We will follow all correct protocol. We will do exactly what we're told, but we will keep following Jesus because he is the way maker. We sing a song a number of times. He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. That's my God, and he's your God, and he wants to be everybody's God. He will deliver us if we call upon him. So, stand firm today. 
Do not be afraid. And you will see the deliverance that God brings today and forever. And this is good news. Let's go share it with the people who don't yet know it. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Durham podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St. Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.